G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. Getting to the airport, we couldn't find parking once we got to the airport, and it just ended a bit flat as I was needing to get on the airplane, and it was just kind of a goodbye, and that was it. As we departed, I thought, well, that didn't end well, and um, I pretty much cried my whole flight home because I thought, well, I'm not going to hear from him again. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, more and more people these days are finding their future spouse through online dating. One Christian couple that met this way is Kenneth and Amanda Cole. Amanda is originally from the United States and Kenneth is from Western Australia. Today, they'll share their story as a couple and how they initially met through an online dating website. They're having a chat with Eric Scatterbo. Joining me on the phone from the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne are Kenneth and Amanda Cole. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. Hi, Eric. Glad to have you with us. And you have a special romantic story that you met online. Is that right? Oh, we did. Happy secret. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to find out more about how that exactly came about. But first, let's find out a little bit about your backgrounds. Kenneth, where were you born and raised? I'm from Western Australia, a little town called Bunbury, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, grew up there. And was faith a part of your life growing up? Yeah, it was. Uh, so I was born into a Christian home, which I'm really grateful for, and uh, two very loving parents. So yeah, grew up and made a personal commitment myself at that age 13. Okay, and now Amanda, it's your turn. Where were you born and raised? Yeah, I was born in the state of Oregon in the U.S. and um, did not get raised in a Christian family, but was exposed to Christian opportunities through Sunday school and vacation Bible school over there. And I did make a profession of faith at 12, but really didn't start growing in my Christian faith until I hit university and got involved with a Christian group on campus. Kind of following graduation, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in agricultural economics, and then I moved halfway across the country to the state of Illinois to pursue a master's degree, and following that, I ended up um, working at a university as a residence hall director in Indiana, and the Lord really used um, my job to bring me into full-time Christian work where I then quit my job um, working for the university and joined up with a a missions organization, which I've been with ever since. And through my work with that, that brought me to Australia. Yeah, I was going to ask, how did you end up coming all the way on the other side of the world? Yeah, it was just through, um, I think really through a prompting of God. Um, I'd been doing um, really kind of the same role for a number of years, and just with God's leading, it was just a sense of, oh, you should serve overseas. If you're still single, come your your mid to upper 30s, and 
get a different ministry experience. Mm-hmm. And as the Lord reminded me of that, I kind of said, okay, God, where do you want me to go? And it landed me in Australia. Mm-hmm. So you're a missionary here, is that right? Yes. And have been for several years. So you arrive in this new country on the other side of the world, and then how long is it before you eventually look into this online dating thing? For myself, I'd kind of done it off and on before I came to Australia, but mm-hmm. um, probably kind of let it sit to the wayside for two or three years after I got here, um, just as I was adjusting to a new culture and learning a new job myself, mm-hmm. but then kind of thought, well, I'll, I'll just check it out again. It's like I would like to be married, and in doing that, that's where I met Kenneth. And little did you know that in a different part of the country, in Canberra, somebody else was doing more or less the same thing, signing up for online dating. Is that right, Kenneth? Yeah, so I um, decided to look into it in my late 30s. It took me a few years, though, to get out the confidence to actually do it, because I kind of grew up with the idea that online dating was a bad thing. It was risky, and you didn't know who you might meet or what might happen. So, yeah, it took a while to get out the confidence. Eventually got there. And we should back up and say, meanwhile, you were pursuing your career as a counselor. Is that right? Um, Not so much as a counselor. Um, I went to university in Perth and then moved to Canberra. I joined the public service Mm -hmm. and worked in the public service most of the time. Most recently, when I moved to Melbourne, it was working to help improve mental health services for Mm -hmm. kids in schools. And so that was really rewarding. But during that time, I also became really interested in counselling after doing my doctorate and have been doing a lot of training in that space Mm -hmm. and have reached the point where I'm now looking to to transition into it full time because for me, it's just a really rewarding thing to do to be able to help people. Mm -hmm. And so when you decided to try your luck at online dating, you didn't just grab anyone you researched which one you would go with i did i picked um we went with eHarmony and i did that because it was developed by christian psychologists Mm -hmm. he put an awful lot of work into developing really good relationship tools and making sure the system was safe for people and lots of checks and balances and he also provided a lot of Uh, like pre-resources, preparing to, you know, be involved in the online dating or trying it out and just getting yourself healthy so that you were ready to be in a really good relationship. Now, even before you looked into online dating, I understand that you were kind of preparing yourself for meeting somebody. Is that right? Is there a story there? Yeah, so I came across a a product that they produced called Finding the Love of Your Life, which is like an audio series which looks at all the different qualities that make for a really great relationship. And I downloaded all of it onto my little iPod and I just listened to that over and over and over again for, I think it must have been close on two years, just trying to absorb as much as I could. I just really wanted to be in a healthy place myself to give myself the really best chance Um, and having a great relationship. So the basic idea was to be a healthy person yourself before you go into a relationship? Is that the idea? Yeah, that's it. So um, I think the advice I gave is, you know, the weakest part of a relationship is the most unhealthy person in the relationship. 
So for me, it was just really taking time to, to work on my own stuff, just mm-hmm. to get myself to the point where, you know, it wouldn't really matter anymore if I was single, but I still wanted to be in a relationship. Well, let's yeah. find out how did you find that special someone? How did it all begin? Um, well, it, we obviously connected online, and part of the fun story in that is that even though Kenneth, his home was in Canberra, and I was living down here in Melbourne at that point in time, mm-hmm. but literally when we kind of connected in that online space initially, and you, you have to go through um, a few different layers of their system before you can communicate freely through kind of their internal email system. Mm-hmm. Kenneth just happened to be in Orlando, Florida, which is where I had formerly lived before moving to Australia. Oh, so wow. he's just a short distance from where I lived and where I worked, and he's doing these training courses. And so it just created just a really quick dynamic based on, on the time zones of just I would wake up and have a response from him and, you know, probably got a res- another response during the day. And so it just created this really fast communication. But it was just really fun that Kenneth was in the location where I had formerly lived before moving to Australia. And so yeah. for me, that just created a, a little bit of a special connection. Yeah. How ironic uh, was that? Oh, it just felt really ironic. But you had something to talk about right away because of that. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I have to admit, I didn't learn much on the course once we started chatting. I proved to be a clear distraction for him. Oh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the story. Today, Kenneth and Amanda Cole are sharing their story as a couple and how they initially met through an online dating website. We'll hear more, including some misunderstandings they had to overcome when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Christian couple Kenneth and Amanda Cole, who've been married over five years and are sharing how they initially met through online dating. Before the break, we heard how they first made contact via a dating website. Now, we're going to hear how their relationship grew from there. So then you, the two of you are kind of chit-chatting back and forth. How long did that go on? It was probably maybe a month or so mm-hmm. where we just kind of emailed back and forth. And I was actually on a, on a study tour in Israel, I think, when we started. We wow. connected on Skype. You guys are all over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> world travelers here. Yes. Well, I had that trip planned long before I knew... Kenneth was going to enter into my Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. So wherever you were in the world, you were corresponding, and then you finally had a a Skype call, you said? Yeah, I think we started Skyping when I was in Israel. Um, I can't remember for sure, but we did talk wherever we were. Uh, We would have talked before then because our, our first phone call, I think longest phone call ever for both of us was 
over five hours. Wow. So you're really getting to know each other. Yeah. This would have been in September um, when we connected. And it wasn't until early December when we actually met face-to-face. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah, so we decided that we would meet up in Sydney on neutral turf. And so I drove up to Sydney from Canberra, Amanda flew up, and we met at the airport, or almost didn't meet at the airport. Amanda (laughs) walked right by me and kept going. (laughs) She walked right by you? I did. I was not familiar with the Sydney airport, and um, I wasn't expecting him to walk into the airport based on our former conversations, (laughs) so... He was trying to surprise me, and it was oh. a good thing he recognized me. <laughs> oh, but but both of you had pictures of each other at that time. Oh, yes. Oh, we, yeah. we had seen each other. I think I was just focused of trying to get to where I thought I was meeting him. Mm-hmm. So just task-oriented, head down, trying to get something accomplished, walking right past your, <laughs> your future husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, well, kind of off to a shaky start there, but I assume things improved a little bit. Yeah, they did. We had a a really good weekend. We just hung out and did some things around Sydney, went to the Christmas display. Also drove up to the Blue Mountains, and so we just had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, But it didn't end quite like either of us had anticipated. Oh, really? What happened? Well, it it started by the place we had parked downtown. We got back to the car as we knew we needed to start heading to the airport and found a a parking ticket on the car because we misread the sign. Oh, wow. You're having all kinds of challenges. (laughs) Yes. And then it, it just felt stressful from there. Getting to the airport, we couldn't find parking once we got to the airport. And it just ended a bit flat Mm -hmm. is I was needing to get on the airplane and it was just kind of a goodbye and that was it. (laughs) And you were expecting a little more? And I certainly was and as we departed I thought well that didn't end well and um, I pretty much cried my whole flight home because I thought well I'm not going to hear from him again. (laughs) So you're thinking wonderful weekend but that's it. Yes. (laughs) And Kenneth you're thinking... Oh, I was just stressed out because we had such a rush to get her to the airport and get her on the plane, and then I had to drive home to Canberra. So, yeah, I was kind of feeling like, oh, yeah, that didn't really end very well. I didn't know if she was happy or if she enjoyed herself or whether I would hear from again. But I messaged her once I got back to Canberra, and she was still talking to me, so that was a good sign. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's a good sign. But you didn't realize that she was really disappointed that you didn't really kind of say what was next? Is that kind of the idea? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much. I've been in the bad books ever since. <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> so kind of missed each other communication-wise there, but eventually you did get on the same page together, kind of speeding the relationship along. When did you finally pop the question? Yeah, so Amanda was heading back to the States to visit her parents, and she asked me if I would like to go along and visit them. And so I thought, oh, yeah, it's a great opportunity. So I went across with her, and um, we hung out and had a good time. And um, 
Yeah, so so this would have been about June the following year, so mm-hmm. kind of about seven months after the um, not-so-good communication, <laughs> so things obviously picked up really well. You um, got over that hump. From there. Yeah, we had just a really great time for a couple of weeks um, and getting to meet my family and showing him around. And one of the things I had been praying for but not really expecting, if I'm honest, is that he would propose while I was home. That way my parents could have a little bit bigger piece in just our story and our journey Mm -hmm. and even an opportunity to celebrate a special moment with us. Yeah. But because I had yet to meet his family who were over in Western Australia, I just had no expectation that he would actually propose to me while we were there because he made the comment that he really didn't want to propose until I had a chance to meet his family too, Mm -hmm. even though our conversation was definitely leaning in that direction. Wow, things are really going along here. So Kenneth, what happened? Well, it turns out that the uh, pollen count was incredibly high while we were there, and so we had to go shopping indoors just to stay safe. And uh, we walked by a jewelry store and ended up in the jewelry store looking at rings. And, um, yeah, we actually found some that we really liked and thought, because we both felt that we were heading in the direction Mm -hmm. that we would pick up some rings. And so as we were getting ready to to fly back to Australia, um, I decided that I would pop the question. And so I left a little note on Amanda's bathroom bench to meet me out by the car in the morning before we drove home. Mm -hmm. And um, she came out and we walked out to her little favourite childhood spot on the farm, which was out in the amongst the trees. Oh, wow. And did the romantic thing, got down on one knee with the ring and asked her if she would marry me. And I said yes. (laughs) Were you surprised at that point? I was. I truly was. Even though I knew we had bought rings and so there, there was probably a little edge of disappointment of, oh, I can't even share this with my parents yet. Like, I kind of clued in when I had that note that something was up. But up until that moment, it was complete surprise. And it was just a a real joy to get to share a bit of that moment with my family before Mm -hmm. we were literally leaving until who would know when I would get back to the States Mm -hmm. next. So kind of the proposal became a a very special moment Mm -hmm. um, because... My parents did get to be a part of it, and it wasn't until uh, we were flying home, I think, that I shared with Kenneth that I had been praying that that would happen. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's great. (laughs) So I've been jokingly saying ever since that I was trapped. She and God conspired against me. Yeah, well, speaking of God, what role do you think he played in in all this, the two of you getting together? Oh, a really big part. I think uh, especially having gotten married later in life and I think both of us were praying and hoping that we would find someone really special you know thinking back on it and how it was all orchestrated and it came together it really did feel like God had his hand in it Mm -hmm. and um, yeah eHarmony was just the instrument that was used to bring two people who were right for each other together from far apart so God can use online dating 
Absolutely. I reckon so. <laughs> and Amanda, how do you feel the Lord was working in all this? Yeah, it's, you know, it's fun to look back because there are so many little things in the mix of the bigger story of mm-hmm. just seeing God's hand upon each of our lives. And, you know, one of the unique things for, you know, two people in their 40s is that neither of us had really seriously dated anyone. Mm. A little bit of some casual stuff along the way, but, you know, a long-term serious relationship had not been in the picture for either of us. So, you know, neither of us brought any of that type of baggage into the relationship. And then just both of us having a strong faith in God and that being a big part of the journey of just Mm -hmm. really trusting Him and praying into the relationship and not even having a sense of needing to rush it, even at at our age, Mm. Um, even though probably both of us heard it's like, oh, why don't you just get married? (laughs) It's Mm. like you're in your 40s and, you know, why wait so long? But it was important to both of us just to invest in one another, you know, even through the challenges of it being a long-distance relationship and seeing God work in, in the mix of all of that. And so, yeah, just Lots of little things where, for me, I just go, only God could have done that. Anything in particular coming to mind? Yeah, some of it was just the uniqueness of of where Kenneth was when we met, you know, our locations, our backgrounds, and that that Mm -hmm. picture where we really were kind of so suited for one another um, in so many different ways. And even, you know, finding someone of faith where that's, you know, just a strong value mm-hmm. where we both were waiting on God and praying and trusting Him in the mix of it. Wow, that's fantastic to know that you found each other. It's very romantic. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, we're quickly running out of time, but we should say that you eventually were going to have a wedding ceremony, but not just one, but two in two different parts of the world. Is that right? That's correct. We did our official ceremony over in the U.S., and there were a few fun stories in the mix of that, of just my farm background and Kenneth not coming from a farm background and some exciting moments. Well, please share one of them, at least. Well, probably this was about two or three weeks before we were getting married, and um, my parents had some cattle on the farm at that point in time, and they had gotten out, and Kenneth didn't come with much experience in rounding up a couple of steers, <laughs> but we were suspicious one of them had not, was still a bit more of a bull than a steer, and so I I found the best stick, i.e. broom handle, that I could find to give Kenneth, and I directed him and said, go stand down there, and if it comes towards you, hit it on the head as hard as you can. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Fortunately, it did not get that close to him. <laughs> That's what she says. The fool had a long, hard stare at me and was trying to work out, do I just run this guy through or not? In hindsight, it's an entertaining moment, but I was a little afraid for Kenneth at the time as well. I was going to say, Kenneth, you were not raised with any of that type of farm experience. Is that right? No, nothing like that. So that was my rite of passage, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm glad you survived. Farmhand 101. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, after being married in the United States, you had another ceremony in Australia. 
And my wife, Jean, and I had the privilege of attending that one as well, so that was fantastic. Yes, we wanted to celebrate with both U.S. family and mm-hmm. Australian family, yeah. family and friends. Wow, fantastic. Well, we're almost out of time, but should we end with some advice you'd have for other couples who are looking for love and maybe they're in their 40s or upper 30s? One of the things that I think both of us would say is to, um, if you do meet someone, to invest in the relationship and Mm -hmm. to not rush it. Because we were long distance, you know, that actually provided a lot of long car drives between Melbourne and Canberra. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was great time for conversation and, you know, getting to know one another Mm -hmm. and, you know, not just the surface stuff, but being able to go deep and learning who is this person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Mm -hmm. And um, kind of coupled with that is, you know, if you do meet someone to to get pre-marriage counseling. I think that was one of the best investments we made was uh, finding a couple who could really walk us through what marriage was about and what it would be like and do a lot of the preparation work Mm -hmm. and um, all the things we could really look forward to as well. And uh, it really did prepare us for what was ahead. So setting a solid foundation with some good pre-marriage counseling with a Christian couple that kind of mentored you, is that right? They did, and we do still stay in touch with that couple from time to time, and it's just always wonderful and to connect. And, you know, one of the great things is that they, they shared their real-life story and their ups and downs in their own journey and helped sharpen us and, you know, kind of pointed out just through the premarital counseling, you know, here are some things that you may need to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you found that very beneficial? Oh, just incredibly. And we would recommend that to any couple considering getting married. Well, thank you so much, Kenneth and Amanda Cole. The time went by so quickly, but it was fascinating to hear how the Lord work through the modern online dating service to bring the two of you together. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Oh, it's our pleasure. You're welcome. That was Kenneth and Amanda Cole sharing their story as a couple and how they initially met through online dating. And as we heard, they've now been happily married for over five years and are both strong in their faith in the Lord. Also, both of them would attest that online dating was the tool that God used to bring them together. But they would also agree that there are some important precautions that one should take when finding a life partner online. First of all, is this person really who they say they are? Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world and sometimes people blatantly lie about their identities online. It's best to get independent character references from the person's pastor or family members who can tell you what kind of person they really are before getting any deeper in a relationship with them. Also, it's best to initially meet at a neutral location like a public restaurant. That way, if all things go pear-shaped, the contact can be easily ended. Finally, in all things, trust God and follow His lead. Just as in conventional relationships, we have to pray, trust and obey throughout every step of the journey. Ultimately, it is God, not a dating site, That is the ultimate matchmaker. Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing Kenneth and Amanda Cole's romantic story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. 
after going back to the hostel and just living in a place where it just felt like you weren't really anything to anybody anyway. So I really wanted to hook up with these kids again. I just felt comfortable with them. And uh, one night I actually stayed out on the streets with them. And the next morning I was like, wow, this is great, really. I actually mean something here to people. And, and that's where it all started. Trish Coombs is the author of the book For This Cause, which is an open and honest account of her life as a former drug addict and criminal. However, she's now dedicated her life to the cause of Christ and setting captives free. We'll hear Trish's story of transformation next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.